Regeus Usque in secum in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. As is so often the case, the intro of the Mass on Sunday is mysteriously but really linked to the lessons at Matins. There is, in fact, a real continuity. And so this provides us with a key to singing well, to singing with understanding the intro, and to hearing it rightly. It's a curious intro in that it's it's composed in, in, in two parts. The first part is not addressed to God. I don't know if you noticed that. The first part simply says... The Lord is the strength of his people and the protector of the salvation of his Christ. Clearly here the psalmist is not addressing God. It seems to me that the psalmist has come out of some kind of crisis. Of course we hear this intro today springing out of the heart of David, coming to flower on the lips of David. And so David, emerging from a crisis, and we know all about the crisis, a certain man named Nathan was involved this morning in Matins. So David emerges from the crisis, and what does he conclude? He concludes with a glorious affirmation. He emerges with security, security. I'm reminded of what Madre Paula said to us last week. To remember, she said that after having prayed for 15 years, she found herself nella sicurezza, she said, in security, and she said, adesso ho paura di niente, now I'm afraid of nothing. I thought that was splendid uh, to hear Madre Paola say that. She's in complete security and afraid of nothing. That comes after the crisis. That is the affirmation of one who has gone through the valley of the shadow of death. Ah. The Lord is the strength of his people, says David, and the protector of the salvation of his Christ. David, knowing full well that he was the Christ, of the Lord is anointed. And then there's a hinge in the intro. The whole tone moves from this affirmation addressed to all who will hear it and receive it with open hearts. It becomes a prayer addressed to God. And so in the second part of the intro, we sang, Save. O Lord, thy people, and bless thy inheritance. Oh, we know this well because we sing it in the Te Deum. Save, O Lord, thy people, and bless thy inheritance. And here it comes, the link with the valley of the shadow of death. Et rege eos usque in seculum, and rule them forever. Now it's that little word, 
et rege eos usque in seculum, that provides the crucial link. Dominus regit me et nihil nihi derit. Dominus regit me et nihil nihi derit. The intro it sends us to Psalm 22, which links up with, oh wonder, with the gospel. Because the gospel is, in effect, the illustration and the fulfillment by Christ, the true anointed Jesus of Psalm 22. It's altogether extraordinary when one begins to connect the dots. And so, this prayer comes out of David's heart. It's a prayer for the people entrusted to him. This too is the prayer of the heart of Jesus. For his bride, his body, the church. Save, O Lord, thy people. Make them whole. That's the meaning of that. Salvum fac populum tuum domine. Make thy people whole. Restore them to health. And bless thy inheritance. We've been hearing a lot about blessing in this octave of the festival of our father Saint Benedict. And rule them forever. Now, to rule them here, in the wider context of Psalm 22 and in the light of the gospel means to care for all their needs, to feed them, to be the provider, to be the physician. And so this is David's prayer for the people given him by God. This is the prayer of the heart of Jesus for the church. And because we're singing this intro, in the octave of the festival of our father St. Benedict, we can hear it also in the mouth of St. Benedict. This is the prayer of an abbot. It is, in fact, altogether possible to sing this intro and somehow to hear it coming from the heart and the mouth of our Father St. Benedict, save, O Lord, thy people, and bless thy inheritance, and rule them forever. Some of you have been reading of late the pastoral prayer of St. Aylred of Rivels, and that text wonderfully comes together with today's intro. And then we have the psalm of the introit, the opening verse of Psalm 27, a prayer out of crisis. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, O my God, be not thou silent to me. David, faced with the mystery of the silence of God, O my God, be not thou silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Man, you see, liveth not by bread alone, but by every word that cometh forth from the mouth of God. 
So the silence of God here is the refusal of bread. The refusal of bread. When God utters a word, he feeds his people. And so David here is begging for a word. Of course, the word is given. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. The word is Christ Jesus. And so this, this intro, it links up in so many ways to the rest of the Mass, and notably to the petition of the collect, in which we say, Nourish us, with all goodness, et utque sunt bona nutrias. So this, this plea for food, this uh, prayer for sustenance, that already is articulated in some way in the introit, is more clearly articulated in the collect. We're asking to be fed. And this, of course, takes us right into the gospel, does it not? We ask to be fed, and then we are given this gospel that begins at that time when there was a great multitude with Jesus and had nothing to eat. Nothing to eat. And of course, you know the denouement, the wonderful resolution of this crisis in the gospel and they did eat they did eat and were filled and they took up that which was left of the fragments, seven baskets and they that had eaten were about four thousand and he sent them away et dimisit eos now I've often suggested but there is also a link between the last phrase of the gospel and the first phrase of the offertory antiphon. It's a marvelous thing, the way the offertory antiphon sometimes prolongs and completes the gospel. What we hear in the gospel becomes the prayer of the church's heart in the offertory. And so, do that today. Look at the last phrase. And he sent them away. Can you picture the people now? Kind of gathering up their things. Standing up. Stretching probably. And beginning to walk towards the road and make their way home. It's a very touching image. These, this vast multitude has been fed. It's, it's, it's altogether liturgical. Jesus took and blessed and broke and gave a dimisit. And there was a dismissal sending forth. And I can see the people standing up and husbands turning to their wives and saying, where are the children? And people beginning to form a procession in some way. And this is what leads into the offertory. Perfect thou my goings in thy paths. Is that not marvelous? 
We see all of these people getting up and going. And then in the offertory we sing, Perfice gresus meus in semitis tuis perfecta, my goings and my paths, that my footsteps be not moved. Although this is given us at the offertory of the Mass as a kind of sequel to the Gospel, it is also the perfect prayer after Holy Communion. Perfect thou my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps be not moved. Incline thy ear and hear my words. Show forth thy wonderful mercies, thou who savest them that trust in thee, O Lord. The communion antiphon uh, has to be understood in its, in its proper context as it will be sung today, uh, during the, 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 the uh, procession to Holy Communion, as we come forward to receive the adorable body of Christ, uh, we will be singing, I will go round and offer up in his tabernacle a sacrifice of jubilation. I will sing and recite a song to the Lord. I will sing and recite a song to the Lord. One cannot receive the body of Christ without in some way, I hesitate to use the word, but I'm going to use it, without in some way ingesting the very prayer of Christ to the Father. So that after Holy Communion, indeed, as soon as the bread of life is placed by the hand of the priest on one's tongue, one is filled with the very prayer of Christ to the Father, so that it is no longer the communicant who prays, but Christ who prays in him and through him. That's an extraordinary mystery. Not only do we receive the body and blood of Christ, but we are filled full with his prayer to the Father. And one who is inhabited by the prayer of Christ need fear nothing. I go back to Madre Paula's saying, to her sicurezza, senza paura, because she, in her own way, by spending entire nights in the presence of Gesù Sacramentato, as she says, found herself filled full with the prayer of Christ to the Father. And so this, in some way, uh, is what is offered us in every celebration of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Not only are we nourished and restored to wholeness, but we are filled with the very prayer of Christ, the eternal High Priest, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.